hearts on my card again. At the crib telling your girl that we should order in. And tell G to put his feet up on the ottoman. We just up against a bunch of rappers I go harder than damn. I'm so Katrina smarter than a lot of these niggas. Swear the coaches brought the starter in. Yeah, and I'm the type to tell your daughter things. I float high, don't try and cut my water wings. All right, everybody. Nice little intro from the infamous Drake song called Congratulations. Nice little throwback. I feel like that's one that not too many people listen to. It's not on the radio. And if you listen to it, you kind of just listen to it on your own. You don't like play it at a party or anything like that. So one of my favorite songs there. Anyway, we got a really cool episode tonight because unfortunately, Mr. Fournier is out sick today we got a note from his parents so it's legit and the doctor note is real um we've got two surprise guests joining us got one returning guest james fratantonio everybody and then we've got a special guest here mr brendan check himself so long time long time listener first time caller (laughs) I love it. I love it. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight because not only do we have two special guests, we have the Monday night trade deadline approaching us. We are, I don't even know how far into this game we are. What, a couple, couple of minutes, six, seven minutes? First quarter, right? Yeah. Yeah, three minutes left of the first. Oh, well, first quarter's almost over. So time is ticking if anybody wants to make a final push for the playoffs or if anybody wants to add to their draft capital because the writing is on the wall. And we'll dive more into some of the trades that took place already today. But first, we'll just run through uh, last week's matchups real quick. Uh, We had week 11 where... I got my butt kicked by Christopher Howard. He moved to 10 and 1. I failed to 5 and 6. Fournier got his butt kicked by Mike's Decidus, who also moved to 10 and 1. And Fournier to also 5 and 6. And then in a barn burner, Brendan, one of our hosts tonight, whipped Andy with a whopping 98 to 76 final score. Uh, Brendan moved to 5 and 6. Andy fell to 4 and 7. Michael List moved to six and five with a almost 90 point victory over Kareem Khalil. He is in a great battle right now with Andy over who has the worst team in the history of the big show. Their rosters are atrocious. Moving forward, we had matchup of the week. Jimbo, another one of our hosts here tonight with 202 points. Overfills 168. So common theme of the year is Phil has a really good week and still gets his butt kicked. So great performance from the squad. Jimbo moves to seven and four, really cements himself into the playoff picture, feeling hot and ready going into the playoffs too. So just as Fournier was predicting, Jimbo has moved up the ranks. Uh, Phil moved to five and six. And then we had Pat who, for his second win of the year, dropped 154 points over Max's 67 and three quarters. So not Max's best showing as he falls to five and six. Um, Pat, two and nine. Moving along, making moves today. 
Anyways, the last matchup of the week was Tim over Labar. This was a very big matchup going into the week because two five and five teams who were one of the four or five teams arguably fighting for three spots. And this victory for Tim, he dropped 168 points to Labar's 90. Obviously, Labar didn't have DK Metcalf or Mike Evans. Uh, so disadvantages facing him from the beginning. But Tim really made another statement. I think we had two statement win last week, one from Jim and one from Tim. No surprise, they rhyme. So uh, no coincidence there either. And I think both teams have really good rosters. So moving on to week 12, currently, uh, Jim Olias off here. What do we got here? What's your first matchup? Yeah, it was uh, my own here playing Tim, which... Uh... I got to go all the way back to the the week that I jumped on the pod as well saying, you know, I had my eye on Tim. I thought his squad was good and he made some moves. I think Jalen Hurts is the real deal, putting up 35 against Pat Mahomes, 23. And then, uh, yeah, I have to say I, I bit a little bit more than I could chew with the, the Leonard Fournette falling out, out this week. And everyone said it, you know, Rashad White was the real deal. I don't know yeah. why Chris ended up giving him up. Tim profits from the ability of holding on and kind of foreseeing what everyone is writing in the media. I was just uh, ignorant and hoping that wouldn't be the case, but uh, it turns out to be how it's going to go. Nick I was hopeful too, though. Things, you know, what's that? I was hopeful too, though. I thought Lenny was still going to be good enough and get his touches, and then he got freaking hurt. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully we got playoff Lenny coming and he gets a little healthy for the late push. Lenny. <laughs> I mean, uh, the the part that sucks is that White had nine of nine receptions, so he's also kind of leaking out of the backfield, kind of stealing yeah. some of that true Lenny role. So if, if if he comes back, is he fighting with White or is he fighting with Vaughn? I don't know. Yeah, it's fucking disgusting to even say. Uh, <laughs> you know, Williams did his thing with the the touchdown. You know, it seems like it's just his year. That's all he does. He's not going to get the yards, but the dude is leading the league in touchdowns. So what are you going to do there? Uh, have to play him every week. Cooper, 16.4. For some reason, he's terrible games, and he still is doing well. I mean, he had that drop for 20 yards there at the end, not helping anything for Jacoby Brissett. But uh, we'll see what happens when Watson comes back. Some people still hate him. We'll see what he can do. You know? he, he's the eighth-ranked wide receiver right now. How? I I was really confused at first, you know, and some of the haters that you mentioned is myself because we were texting <laughs> yesterday and I was no like, ah. dropped, we're like, Amari, ah, you know, he's home, he's great. When he's away, he sucks. It doesn't matter who he has because it has never mattered who has been throwing him the ball. That's kind of been his MO. But like he started off with five points. Then he went to 27 and 25 in week three, then down to two. So you're kind of like, all right, first four weeks, this is what Amari does. And then 20 in week five, 14 and a half in week six, 10 in week seven. You're starting to see his floor rise a little bit from the two to five to the 15 and 10. And then he got 24 when he had a bye. Then he fell off with six points and then 33, 16 and a half. So like he, he's been scoring points. Yeah. He's had, he's had four bad games and, that's really good. 
Now, wait, wait, what do you think uh, Deshaun Watson coming back? At it? You know, now, now he's got to do that. Can actually throw the ball? I know. I, you have to be excited about Amari. You have no choice but to be excited about Amari when you look into it. So, but I think he's still going to do the same things. I, I mean, as excited as I want to be, I think that this raises the ceiling for everyone else. I think if you're a Joku fan and and have him on your roster, I think it's going to be- benefit him more. I think it'll help Chubb as well because I think you're going to have to respect that deep ball where like you can really respect Brissett. Yeah, I, I, I guess the only thing is is that like Deshaun Deshaun proved that he can you know lift a guy up even more so with you know DeAndre. It's pretty much having DeAndre again. Um, so he's Watson. He used to he used to just bombing it out to him and just feeding him the ball. Yeah, and I kind of like he. You're right. He would just force feed DeAndre. So, like, there was never a really good tight end on the Texans, right? So, like, right, right. in theory, I want to agree. I do think Njoku should do better. It's a better passing quarterback, and he's a good receiving tight end. He should be better. Um, but I don't know. Is Watson just gonna get comfortable with Amari? He's definitely not gonna get comfortable with Donovan Peoples Jones as much as we want him to be better. Um, <laughs> And I, right. I do agree that Chubb, the lanes should free up for him a little bit because how can they not? You have to respect Deshaun more than you respect Jacoby. And maybe none of it's going to matter and Deshaun's going to suck because he hasn't thrown a football in a live game in like two years. That was what I was wondering too. Yeah. Is he going to just Russell Wilson this and fall apart? I hope not. I mean, I hope not from the football standpoint, from like the real life standpoint. I hope that dude never steps on a football field again. Like it's so confusing. I feel so conflicted about it. Um, But whatever it is, what it is, I will definitely transition to talking shit about Russell Wilson, because I think he might be the worst quarterback in the league now that now that Zach Wilson's out of the league. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think. So, what's what's a good comparison in in terms of big big show terrible trades? It's like the Russell Wilson trade was so garbage. Like, what's the big show equivalent of of that trade? Oof, I don't even know because I don't even remember what it was. I tuned it out as soon as it happened. It's like somebody I, actually traded for Russell. They, they got like they got like first round picks for him, right? Let's see. You yeah, can figure like, this no. out. Please, uh, please tell me no. It was Fournier who got. Oh, Fournier got ten and a half points from Russell Wilson today. That was good because he had like one and a half going into the fourth quarter. Um, it was a, a it was okay. a fourth round pick. Yep. I, I guess what, what I mean is like so. I Wilson being traded to uh to the Broncos just like bombed big time. Oh yeah, and like, and like Broncos gave up a lot for 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 uh Wilson. So like. I'm sure that's ha- happening in the big show where someone has, has like traded away like all their picks for a guy and then he's just stuck. Leonard Fournette, you mean? <laughs> or, <laughs> or, quite possibly, yeah. quite possibly. I think the coolest part about what I'm going to say next is these are both trades that I made where I got significant, like I got good picks and I don't have any picks now. Uh, but it was the Lenny Fournette trade and then Javante Williams for from Kareem because. Kareem gave me, let's look through this trade because this is hilarious. Um, He gave me Michael Thomas, DJ Moore, George Pickens, Brian Robinson, Brendan's first, his own first, two second round picks in the upcoming draft, 
and a second round pick in 2024 for Javante, Terry McLaurin, and Nicole Hardman. That How did is, you not make the playoffs? Uh, because Michael Thomas played one half of a game for me. DJ Moore is the worst fucking wide receiver in the league, although I almost traded for him today, and I had to tell myself, no, don't do it so, again. Don't do so, it again. Funny thing about DJ Moore. Um, so it was uh, last week, or right before uh, Tony, it was Kadarius Tony was going to play his, his like first game with uh, the Chiefs. Fournier was pushing hard for, for Tony from from it. I, I, was convinced, it. I was convinced that Tony was going to be like a stud. I was like, all right, Tony on KC, getting his chance. You know, at KC has those injuries. And I just turned down every single offer that Fournier offered me, including <laughs> he offered me DJ Moore for Tony straight up. <laughs> That's Next thing I know, Tony plays like two snaps, gets hurt, and now like he's he's pretty much done for the season. That's like, oh, amazing. Fuck. What an offer. And I love how you just like keep your feet in the sand. You're like, no, I'm not doing a fucking trade. I said I wasn't going to do it. Don't care what it is. I'm starting to realize my flaws, though. I'm I'm starting to, look, to, to take a step step back and look at my team, and you know, with with all these big boy moves that that are going on, it's like I I don't have a championship winning winning roster, and and it's like I don't have the picks to to trade for anyone. So it's yeah. like I, it's like I'm kind of stuck in no man's land. So it's like, do I? I know we got we got probably just like two hours to go until uh, the trade deadline closes, but do I just sell sell my whole team? Do, do I pull pull an Andy and just start auctioning off every single player? You might use but, the trade. I don't box. think there are buyers, man. I, I mean, I, well, I, I know who's I know. awake at at fucking eight fifty one on a, a Monday night that's going to make a push here. But I, I, think I, I may still have Chris's like you know six rounder for Deontay Johnson like in 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 my in my offer list. Yeah, I mean Take that. She's got to accept it. I, I told Fournier this. I haven't told anyone else this. So Chris original, originally offered me a third round pick for Deontay Johnson. Then two weeks two weeks later, he resubmitted a trade offering a tenth rounder. <laughs> and and now he resubmitted again, offering a sixth rounder. That's the average right there, isn't it? Yeah, you're trying to find that middle foil. If you didn't want a third, uh, that's so good. Oh my god! All right, we can. We can talk trades all night. Uh, all right, coming back real quick. Yeah. So AJ Brown playing through that injury. Hopefully, uh, you know he he had the flu or something. He was sick, and he still got a touchdown. Yeah. Couldn't hold on to the ball though, doing his thing. Um, Cortland Sutton does his thing, and then Josh Jacobs. Oh my goodness, dude! What a lucky ass pick! I. I should you not? I hovered over AJ Dillon to select him, and I went, "Nope," and picked Josh Jacobs and got ridiculed at the drafts. Yeah, I, I all wanna... the hate. How could we let Phil get AJ Dillon? Fuck you all. Yeah, because Josh Jacobs is the second-rated running back after twelve weeks and eighth, like, eighth overall. Is he is he going to be the first after this week? Because he put up like fifty-six points this week. Um, I think that's updated to present points. Let's see. There's a way to do this. I learn new things about sleeper all the time. I, yeah. Jim, I, I love how, how you just like, you're so like calmly and like quietly talking about your whole team, just like holding back on like the big dick. Flop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, 
I was like, oh, yeah, you know, this guy did all right. This guy did all right. Josh fucking Jacobs almost carried my whole team to a win. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's one of those things where I'm looking at it and, you know, listening to the pod the last couple of weeks, we talk about some people getting lucky and falling in and getting unlucky and falling out. And if I, I would be in bed right now if we weren't doing the pod, waiting to wake up very similarly to that matchup where you just needed Cam Akers to score two points. And it's like you need – Michael Pittman, who's good, and a tight end, Pat Freermuth, to score 10 points. And I I can't say that I don't have a chance. One but like I, one quarter down. At your, your yeah, right. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't even want to watch the game because I'm just going <laughs> to yell at the TV the whole time. I, I do want to answer what was brought up. I was wrong. Josh Jacobs is presently the number one point score at the running back position and he's fifth overall ahead of Lamar Jackson, Eckler, Stephon Diggs, Justin Fields, who's ninth, Justin Jefferson, Derrick Henry, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, Nick Chubb, and then we get into like Geno Smith and shit where nobody cares. Um, but that's overall. Is it bad that you just named off all those players and, and not a single player was mine? <laughs> <laughs> It might be worse that one of mine, the only one that's mine is Justin Fields. Go quarterback. Woohoo. And, and at least you didn't spend a, a hundred fab on, on him. <laughs> yeah, that was, that may have been the equivalent of the trade that trade analogy that you were looking for earlier, spending all $100 on Dak Prescott. I think the next closest bid was like $9. It was, yeah. <laughs> it's a big jump. Well, incredible. Look, so, incredible. I don't know. I don't know if you want to do this now or after we go through the matchups, but I can trace my whole collapse to McManus slaying me. Oh no! Back <laughs> to that moment. That just ruined me. I'm 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 gonna miss the playoffs because of that. <laughs> well, let's go through the matchup so we can come back to that all later. Because right. <laughs> that's gonna be amazing. Um, all right, what's our next matchup here? Oh, because it's actually we haven't finished this one yet. Sorry, because it's still going on. Oh no, 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 yeah, we're good. So I mean, uh Tim has a great team, and like I said from you know weeks and weeks ago, I'll, I'm looking forward to him hopefully making the playoffs. I mean, uh, I, I hope he can get 10 points and get past because I got Kareem and I got Labar up next. So I feel good about my odds making the playoffs and I just hope Tim goes. So that way uh, Chris or Staz get to face him and get a surprise because I think uh, Tim's team can easily score 200 in a week. So I think so too. Uh, I think that ties into what you said earlier where there's not a lot of trade partners, not just because I it's almost nine o'clock on Monday night, but also the way the trades have gone and the decisions that owners have made about their teams throughout the year. Trade options are very few right now. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Tim's got a good team. I forgot where I was going with that, but yeah. we'll go on to the next one. Uh, Brendan, who do you have next? And so uh, I'm, I'm facing Patty this week, and uh, I'm currently down by three points. I uh, got Najee and Deontay still going for me. Um, mm. I would not be surprised if they do not score the, the three points I need. because <laughs> uh, They're both terrible. And uh, pretty much sums up my whole team. It's all, all, all dudes that, like, could put up numbers 
but don't. Like, I got Dak Prescott. Like, he could put up 30, put up 17, very average. I, I should have I should have just kept uh, uh, Lawrence. Uh. Uh, the, the, the one that hurt, um, McCaffrey only put up 10 points. He was he was getting back to like cheat cheat code level, mm-hmm. but uh, he, had, he had a down game. I mean, it was, it was a shit game. Uh, that that Saints game. Um, so yeah, and I guess he's he's day to day now. So he's yeah. he hurt again. Um, so there, there goes that. I got Najee, uh, Nico Collins, who this week put up uh, one of my top numbers. So Nico Collins, mm-hmm. the Texans, the Tex- Texans kind of new quasi number one since mm-hmm. Brendan Cooks is in, in the doghouse. Uh, Forever doghouse. Keenan Allen, my boy, finally back, yeah, dropping 15, looking good, looking like his old self, getting targets, but too little, too late. Uh, still got Mike Williams is, is out hurt. Uh, Hayden Hurst, putting up solid numbers for a tight end, you know, 11 points. You know, he gets targets every single game. Uh, again, I was crushed by my Zach Ertz injury. Zach Ertz was putting up like top three, top five tight end numbers on a consistent basis, but he was. Um, so it goes. Deontay Foreman, uh, a nice little addition by sub- subtraction. When McCaffrey left, Deontay Foreman stepped in. He's been crushing it. Uh, he's probably one of my top three players right now. Uh, and of course, got Dicker, the kicker. Dicker, the kicker. Got to go for it. And then Bengals D. And uh, pretty much just very underperforming team and Pat's team. Yo, even though Pat is in last place he he has a boomer bust team i mean not yeah. now that now, now that he traded to tyreek away but, not too much, but looking at his team like i thought it was an easy easy win but then i saw he has tyreek mooney and olave those three guys could just go off on on like any day and apparently Perrine now what 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 have mixing out and all of a sudden yeah and I, and, and then, and then, yeah I, I had to worry about that with mixing out uh, Pepperine stepping in looking like a beast. Yep. Fucking and, and you know, he's got kills, so he, he's got a lot of boom boomer bust guys. Um, just it didn't really work out for him. You know, his other running backs, uh nothing there. So not much, not much to talk about there at the running back position. But no, it's like I'm I feel like I'm gonna pull out another very like low point win. Um just dragging my feet into a possible playoff berth. Which it's like again, you know, it's like I feel like a, this this season is turning into like a two two team race, maybe maybe like four team race because yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like Tim's team, Tim's team could, could do damage, but yeah, yeah. So I think you got Tim's team, Staz, and uh, and Chris. Aside from that, oh, I mean Phil's team could could always go off too. Phil like the unlucky unluckiest team there is. I feel like he won't make the playoffs because that's just the year he's had. Yeah. Where he'll have like the third most points in the league and just not make the playoffs. <laughs> everyone he plays against has the best week out of anyone in the league. I've never won most points in a week until I played Phil. I swear he's got like four or five. Can't wait to drop 200 in week 14 then. <laughs> I mean, so ironically, that changes my stance uh, trying to sell my team because I faced Phil next week. And if there's one motivation, if if I can keep Phil out of the playoffs by beating him next week, oh man, that's that that's better than than a championship. So, so let's dive into this right now because 
by some miracle, Phil would have to Jonathan Taylor's gonna have to score 40 more points in the rest of this game not for, yeah, for not, Phil. Not so so Phil's gonna move to six and six, right? Then you've got um so it'll be Chris, Mike, Jim, List, Tim as a top five. And then you've got Phil's gonna be six and six. I'm gonna be six and six. Labar's gonna be six and six. And Brendan, you're gonna be six and six. So I, I feel like that pretty much makes it that Phil needs to win the next two games because if you beat him, you're in over him probably. If I beat him, I'm probably in over him. So I, I think Phil needs to win the next two games. He 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 needs to win one of the final two games because he'll be seven and seven, and we're continuing to trend towards you make the playoffs if you win seven games and you have the tiebreaker with points. Mm-hmm. Um and the, I think the only way he doesn't make it is if he loses to both you and I because he won't have seven wins. Um, and Labar might still end up getting seven wins. And you will have no, seven wins. Be me next week. That ain't happening. Probably not. You're right. <laughs> but who does Labar play in week 14? Uh, he plays max so he's got a good chance of winning then which would bring him from six and seven to seven and seven and if phil loses out then he's out you know so i think he just needs to win one of them in my opinion but i think that's good at kind of a bummer because i would like to do a trade with brendan potentially before the deadline but it, it would be more fun if Brendan's team was still competitive enough to beat Phil's. So uh, we'll see what happens there. <laughs> um, the next matchup for this week, uh, you know, I played Andy. We've got a cool rivalry ever since he sent me an apron that says I suck at fantasy football when he beat me in like week eight or whatever. And then I went on to win the rest of the games and beat him in the finals. Um, ever since then, we've had a cool, fun rivalry. Um it was a terrible game. I, I I won with 100 and a half points and won by 30. It was a fucking joke. Um, my team was, I, I think it was a very unlucky day. Michael Carter got hurt, left the game early. Jacoby Myers got hurt, left the game early, and then came back and then left again and then came back for whatever else happened. Uh, Kamara was sick, fumbled twice, once at the goal line. Um, Tua played a half in like two drives <laughs> and then was pulled because they were up 30 to nothing. Um, and then they almost didn't cover the spread. So like stupid little things in game that just suck. Like the Broncos D only scored two against the Panthers. What the fuck? So anyway, terrible uh, week. Andy's kicker a negative one. How, what? Yeah. Man, <laughs> can't miss that one field goal. <laughs> like that's that's saints game. I'm so glad I didn't watch much of it. Because this, when Andy Dalton is bad, he's bad. <laughs> and, like, it's not fun to watch the game. And if an Andy-led team scores zero points, it's bad. It's really bad. So, I don't know. That's my take on that matchup. I am going to be moving to 6-6, six and six, Andy to 4-8. and eight. Um, Then I'll do this next one here. I've got Listy versus Fournier. 
Fournier's team continues to score a decent amount of points despite him throwing in the towel in week, I don't know, six. Um, but he lost 135 to 148. Big uh, difference was Kyler dropped 27 and a half and Russell dropped 10 and a half. Um, Henry 16 to Mitchell 7, Akers 4 and a half to ETN with only a half a point. Big storyline for Mike there is ETN's health. If he's actually healthy next week and plays, I don't see why Mike can't make a run in the playoffs either and get lumped into uh, the group of teams who could upset anybody at any time. Um, because Henry, Kyler's back, ETN, Hopkins is still looking really good, even with Holly Brown back last week. Um, Ayuk will have his days. Juju, I don't think, played too many snaps um, coming off of his two-week absence for a concussion. And then Hawkinson with 15. He's been really good since he went to the Vikings. Uh, Zeke with 18. Zeke is never going to be flashy ever again. He is just not going to wow you in any way, shape, or form, but he will get that one yard. He will get that one and a half yard. He will yeah, touchdowns. He will get those touchdowns. Exactly. And I think he's probably going to be a little bit more motivated. Um, like he was this week because Pollard has been so good and there's a lot of talk. I don't can't even imagine what's going on in Dallas right now where they're saying Zeke sucks. He's old. He's washed, blah, blah, blah. And just give the reins to Pollard. You know, Zeke probably hears that shit. Um, who knows? I think he'll be good for the rest of the year, and then he might not play in the NFL again after this year. Who the hell knows? Because uh, I do think his time is up. Um, I mean, he got paid. I I think he's okay with – I mean, if you're splitting backs and you've been a war curse for as long as he has and your team is winning and your friend is doing well like, and you're making a boatload of money – Yeah. I, I'm with you. I think he's done probably in like three seasons, but he's fantasy relevance is, is done after this. Yeah. Like when you have a tan, a duo at the running back position and one of them's doing really good, you like it's contagious, right? Oh. Like, oh. I, I always think back to the Carolina days of Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams, where they just had a huge one, two punch and like, yeah, sure, Jonathan Stewart was the thunder and D'Angelo was the lightning, but they both broke out big plays. Um, and that was like a really, really cool tandem that year. And like um, Brandon Jacobs and Tiki Barber or something like that. I don't I don't know if that was the combo, if it was a different Giants running back, but someone in Brandon Jacobs were they were both really, really good. May have been a mod Bradshaw. I mean, going way back right now. Um, but I, I think those the duos historically can work. And when one is going, the other one tends to like latch on and start doing well too. So we might be seeing that too. Who knows? Um, but for for Fournier, that kind of went through Mike's team there. You know, you had Eliza Elijah Mitchell who had nine touches, but then left with a knee injury, and he seems to be banged up again. Uh, Acres still Acres. Jalen Waddle with a not so decent game. He had ten targets, but only thirteen and a half points. But he's still a beast. Uh, Traylon Burks, who got really lucky with a fumble recovery touchdown for to go from 11 points to 17. <clears throat> Christian Watson, who continues to do Christian Watson things, apparently. Um, who's an exciting guy. Four receptions, 110 yards, a touchdown, and a, and a bomb TD. Foster Moreau with 12 and a half, and then DJ Moore with over 22. 
so Fournier had a decent week, but you know, Mike's team's good and Mike's team performed pretty well. So Fournier moves to he's gonna move to five and seven, and Mike's gonna move to seven and five. Brendan, who do you have next on yours? Let's see. I got I got Chris and Staz. Nice. So uh I mean what a matchup. This is like this is like a championship preview right here. And oh, yeah. it lived up to to the hype. Uh Chris dropping 166, <laughs> Staz dropping 211. You know, Staz's theme, just carrying it. Uh just Josh Allen. Actually, what a matchup of quarterbacks here. Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, almost the same amount of points, dropping 32 and 33. <laughs> just insane. <laughs> now, Chris ridiculed for, for Justin Herbert, but now that he's finally got his his wideouts, his wideouts back, you know, he's proven that you know he's he's worth that that top pick, that early pick. Um uh, yeah. Devin Singletary on on Staz's team, De, uh, Delvin Cook. Delvin Cook, not a good good game for him. Uh, only eleven points, kind of like uh, kind of like McCaffrey, where you expect you know big numbers day after day, but no luck. Yeah. Um, you got. You just got your victory, by the way, Brendan. Yes, I, it was Najee, right? Yep, Najee with the touchdown. There we go, Najee. The. Uh, uh, fuck, what was that dude's name that, that bottomed out of the league so quick? Trent Richardson. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and Najee, if I wonder now, was ETN always the pick? It's like, hmm. as ETN is shown, shown like what he's capable of this year. It's yeah. like, this year, I would say I would want ETN over Najee. You were fucking right. <laughs> Dang, just saying. Oh man. Um, Imagine that, if you had Etienne and Najee, and that trade actually happened. Oof. That would be. Ins- I I totally forget what was I going to give up uh, McCaffrey in that trade too. I don't think so. I think I was going to mm-hmm. hold on to him. Yeah, it was yeah, going to be I wanted, like the, the three-headed monster of, of running backs. Yeah, you were going to get those two guys because you had first overall and you were going to get second overall with the trade. And we were going to do it during the draft, even though we agreed like in May or whatever (laughs) it was. And it was Keenan Allen, Julio Jones, a second round pick and another pick. And at the time, Julio was still supposed to be Julio, but we didn't know if he was going to be Julio because he went to Tennessee and he was terrible um so it would have would have been a hell of a deal um goes down as one of my favorite trades of all time the trade that never was the trade that nobody knew was going to happen and still didn't if only even that didn't didn't get get hurt and i know also just what a fucking wild year because that, that was the whole online draft where we started drafting so early and actually no sorry no it wasn't it was the year after that but uh, Max was pushing for us to to do videos, and I was so tempted because it's like Etienne was my guy. Yeah, and it's like I wanted to just like just like lock it in, just to pro- just to get Max to stop stop talking to me about like oh no go Najee go Najee. <laughs> I'm like fuck it. It's like I don't care that it's that it's March. It's like I will take Etienne. Luckily, I didn't because it's like I would have locked in Etienne. 
you know, and then it was everyone else, everyone else would have waited. Yeah. And then he would have gotten hurt. And then I'm like, well, like this sucks. <laughs> <It> sucks. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Uh well, let me I'm gonna pick your guys' brain on a trade offer that I was just given. Um it's a whopper, except it's not. Um it's Elijah Moore. No. For a 2024 sixth round pick. I was yeah, that's that that's that's like nothing. Like a 2024 six is is nothing. And Elijah Moore looked pretty good, uh, you know, with uh, with what is uh, whatever his name, Mike Mike whatever at, at QB for for Jets. It's like maybe that's all he needed was was a new quarterback because Zach Wilson is garbage. I've actually been considering a deal for Elijah Moore since yesterday's game because of the narrative of Andy and I making these bets preseason of Elijah Moore versus Gabe Davis and us like both um, he kept Elijah and I traded up so I could draft Gabe. Like we had this whole thing of two not so good wide receivers that we wanted so hard to be good. And Elijah Moore was historically bad all year. So for him to have his good game and then me trade for him just in Andy's head, he's going to be so paranoid about Elijah Moore going off for the rest of the year, um, which would be fucking amazing. But he only had two targets. Last oh, really? week. Yeah. It, like, like it felt like he did so much more. Yeah. And like, he's only played 35% of the snaps. So like, but now, I, now, now I forget early on in the year, was it Elijah Moore that got into the whole thing that, you know, he, the Jets pretty much benched him because he was complaining? Yeah, he said he wanted the ball and this and that. And they were like, okay, well, you're a second-year wide receiver who didn't have that great of a rookie season, so you benched. <laughs> so, I mean, if, if you take if you take that out, if, if you take those that kind of like doghouse, those doghouse games out, I'm sure, I'm sure the percentages are a little bit better. So, yeah. I think you do it, even though I hate Elijah Moore. If you look at the draft, even this year and years past, once you hit the sixth round, there's fucking nobody. Yeah. As as someone who had almost only six round picks going into a last year's <laughs> draft, I can tell you that there's no one there. Yeah. And like I tried to look through the rest of it. I, that's what I was doing when you guys were talking. I looked through the rest of the list to be like, well, maybe there was a diamond in the rough after the sixth round. No, there there wasn't. <laughs> Everything was waiver wire. Like not a single person you could be like, wow, that that should have been way higher. Is like no. I mean, I, I think I think Chris was drafting his last guy in, in the sixth round. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's going to be more of the same this year too. So it's too funny. Well, I I countered with a 2025 sixth round pick. Let's let's see how badly he wants to give up Elijah Moore right now. Uh, that's too funny. All right, what else do we have? Other matchups left? Um, yeah, let's see here. Well, so first I've got to talk my shit before we we move on here. Um, talk it, Chris. If you don't pick me, it's weak, man. I've outstored you two weeks in a row now. Although it was only a point this week. I see you and I so want to beat you in the playoffs. So consider the gauntlet thrown. Uh, you could beat me twice. There's only been five teams that have uh, beaten me and they're all looking like they're going to make the playoffs. I'm assuming Tim's going to win. And uh, it's Chris, Mike twice, Listy and Tim. 
So uh, it doesn't bode well for the playoffs uh, for me going in here. Well, we'll see how it goes. But if I'm going to take one of those teams down, man, I want it to be Chris so bad. But, but now, uh, you 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 gotta you gotta appeal to the spreadsheet. I, you, you gotta call out spreadsheet because you we all know that the spreadsheet decides who the pick is. I mean, it it, it seems very obvious that it, it would be me though. Right. I, if you're not going to pick any of the people that I just listed, so you got to hope that if he's picking, it's going to be like the two of you or Phil, right? Those are the three that we're looking at. And it's only one of you, right? It's not two of you. Yeah. Uh, I, is there a way that both of us make it? I, I think so. If, if, if Phil loses to both of us, if Phil loses to both of us, he's out. And then um, I think, I think then I think we're, possibly way there there is a way for both of us to, to get in if because okay. then you play in week 14 who oh, I, play? I played tim tim week 14 so yeah i i gotta if if i beat tim and i beat phil and you win both games yeah yeah you know I, both of us can can make it yeah but because honestly in that case like i yeah, know like we'll both be eight and six yeah we'll be in yeah, yeah. Might choose you guys. Yeah. Yeah. We no, it's definitely I think there's like five, maybe six teams, and then who probably five teams that are in the running this year. And then the final two who squeak into the playoffs are gonna be like, All right, uh, I'm gonna pick you, pick you off, you're done. See you later. Week one playoff exit, and then the rest of the guys are just gonna fucking battle. Um but well, that's why I'm throwing the gauntlet. Chris, let's come go. get come get some. <laughs> come, come get it. Come get it. <laughs> Do we have another uh, matchup to look at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So now that I've done that, uh, we got Max and Phil again. Phil putting up 147. I, you know, I, I've always said once I joined this league of like 150 will, will generally get you a win. I don't know what Phil is averaging, but um, the poor guy keeps playing people that put up 200. So what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, Trevor Lawrence all of a sudden is a quarterback. I, I don't know when that happened this year, but good pickup, Max. Um, Barkley, disappointing at, at his floor there. And really, that's it for his team. I mean, Folk and the Dolphins D put up a, a solid, what, uh, 38 there. Well done. Uh, that's why you can't get rid of them. You can't get rid of defense and uh, kickers there. No, you can't. Forever. Burrow had an off week, but still putting up points there. You know, what What are your thoughts on Garrett Wilson? Now that Zach Wilson is in a fucking bum throwing it, is he the real deal? Is he actually the best rookie wide receiver now that uh, Olave doesn't have a quarterback? There have been a lot of negotiations between Phil and myself today about Garrett Wilson. Uh, I was trying to get Debo and Garrett Wilson and like Jeff Wilson or something like that for Walker. And he wasn't having it. He was countering with like uh, Pickens and Debo and Brian Robinson. And I'm like, no, I just didn't want that. And I think Garrett Wilson's really good. I do. Um, Is he the best rookie wide receiver? I don't want to say yes because i think olave has been really good with bad quarterback play um but maybe 
He might be by the end of the oh, year. Because... Call me a homer. I still think it's uh, Drake London, but it ain't going to be this year. Yeah. He could be. I mean, he's arguably the most talented. Wasn't he drafted uh, as the Maybe first wide receiver? Yeah. But, I mean, Marcus Mariota and I run heavy offense. But, anyways, that's that's enough about me. But I'm with you. What, what, what do you think, Brendan? Um, I, I mean, George Pickens looks pretty good, I got to say. Like, having followed a lot of Steelers game, games because of Deontay. Yeah. Pickens is, is a beast. Yeah. He, he looks more yeah. like a number one than Deontay. I think Deontay isn't meant to be a number one wideout. Pickens is. Yeah. Uh, I, I I do like Pickens a lot. I think he's a dog. I've liked him all year. I just didn't want to sell myself short on him today, but I may have done that with my trade overall, anyways. So anyway, but I, don't know. I mean, I, I think I think Wilson Wilson is really good. Um, yeah, Drake London. He he's just bad situation. Oh, it's terrible. I agree. I, I think in terms of skill, I think he's probably the best. But yeah, you, you can't do anything when you're in in a run heavy offense. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The um, I'll, I'll add one thing and then move on. Sorry for not uh, focusing on this one, Phil and Max. But Travis Kelsey, oh my God, what a stud! I gotta say, I, I mean, I love the tight end position. I've overdrafted the tight end position every year except for this year. Man, what it would what it would be to have Kelsey and James? What are you doing trading back? Like, obviously, there's something silly going on. It's like, actually, actually, can I have that guy back? Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So good. I, when, I when, when, when when Phil tossed him on the trade block and everyone was quiet, I'm like, oh, is, is no one offering him anything? So I shot him an offer and I got shot down immediately. But I, I was like offering him like the only draft pick I had, so my first in the future, and he's like. No, I'm gonna need two first. I'm like, mm. oh my god, he's so obnoxious with trades, dude. He's so <laughs> obnoxious. Uh, I do love it though. It's very challenging. Um, and then the last thing on on this one. So we talked about um, rookie wide receivers. We talked about busts of uh, rookie running backs, right? We talked about Najee. We talked about if you had picked uh, ETN. Is the play to not have an early pick and just take a, a flyer on a, a rookie wide receiver? I mean, the year you picked Najee, Jamar Chase was clearly the best pick there. And this so, year, I, there isn't a running back that's better than a wide receiver. Are we seeing a shift? I think, honestly, I think I think early first-round picks, I think first-round picks in general are overvalued. Give me give me two seconds over, over an early first any day. Because I, I think you find quantity, the quantity is better than the quality. Because hmm. yeah, you, you risk the bus. Uh, quality and quantity. And, and I will say it only turned me around because I had quantity back to back years. I'm, I'm with you. I think so. Yeah. It's tough. There's some people, I mean, there are people who say, what's the point of having a first round pick if you don't have a top three pick? And sometimes if you don't have a top two pick, like what the Najee and fucking ETN year was, if you don't have first two picks, you're not getting either one of those guys. And that sucks. But then better players do get drafted because I think that was a year I drafted Debo. No, um, you drafted Chase. You didn't make the trade. And you yeah, yeah, you drafted Chase. Boy. 
No shit. Okay. Yeah. The the untradable tradable Jamar Chase. Yeah, the untradable guy that I traded. Yep. <laughs> uh I tried to get him back today. It it lasted a long time. I think uh Fournier and Andy yeah, do this. Ended up with uh, Elijah Moore, huh? Wow, there you I go. Did. I do this. Fournier <laughs> and Andy get notifications, and I, I'm sure other people do too. But I see it with them all the time, where I send them a trade in the app, and then like five minutes goes by, she would text me like, "Hey man, send you a trade. Check it out." And they're like, "Yeah, I already rejected it." I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Didn't know you saw it so soon. But okay, cool. Uh, that's too funny. But what's I'm I probably I don't have the best trade etiquette because people will send me offers without sending me a text, and then I'll look at the offer, and usually it's a trash offer, and then (laughs) I never respond to it. I don't reject it, I don't counter, (laughs) I don't send them a message, I just let it sit. Because it's it's like, all right, I'm I'm gonna let them uh, try to get in their head, let them let them feel guilty about offering me such a shit trade but it, it, there's something just so rewarding about what andy did as well where like you get the alert you immediately look at it and you immediately hit the climb like yeah. no conversation no nothing just like fuck off <laughs> i think my my secret hope here is that i by letting these trade offers just sit like you know, sit there people will forget that that they offered it and then like <laughs> weeks later i will accept it <laughs> well dude you're not the only one who does that because pat also does it and it tricks me sometimes because like i'll send the trade and like three days will go by and i'll open up and I'll be like oh cool i have a trade what is it who sent me a trade and i'm like ah oh, fuck it's the one i sent pat like three days ago shit uh but it's Ford- not even on my team anymore yeah. <laughs> but Ford and i were talking about it because he pat and i were I mean, I sent a three-team trade offer. Um, Fournier, Pat, and I were in it. Fournier was going to get Walker and send Jalen Waddle a third pick, and third-round pick, and a fourth-round pick next year. Pat was going to send Tyreek Hill, P. Ryan, and Kittle, and get Jalen Waddle a fifth-round pick and a third-round pick. And I was going to send Walker in a fifth to get Tyreek P. Ryan Kittle in a fourth next year. So, like, it wasn't a bad trade. There's a lot of stuff in there. Fournier and I both accepted because I sent it. So, obviously, you accepted it as you sent it. And then Fournier accepted, and I texted Pat about it, and he was just like, ah, I feel like Kittle shouldn't be in the deal. And I'm like, why does Kittle matter? Like, he's I want him, but I don't think he's that good. So, just accept the trade. Do it. It's a three-teamer. It'd be fun, blah, blah, blah. And it, didn't happen and like 12 hours later for the trade was still there and fournier was like i don't get why pat's not accepting this deal or declining it if he doesn't want to do it i'm like oh that's what he does he's like that's so obnoxious and then it was still there until i just decided to withdraw it today because like what the fuck (laughs) it's funny um sorry when i went and made a deal yeah I did. So let's talk about the deals today. Well, uh, real quick, Labar and Kareem. Kareem doesn't break a hundred. Labar puts up his usual one twenty nine. Labar wins. Labar wins. Sorry, Labar, I forgot about that. I I I I gotta say really quick. I love how Kareem went into the season trying to tank, yet Andy's team ended up being worse than than Kareem's. <laughs> Andy's team With more wins. Awesome. How does that happen? And and like. Andy's team the last couple of weeks, like, wow. 
it's so brutal. Good. It's brutal to look awesome. at. Also, uh, just quick tidbit before we go any further. It's almost halftime. Matt Ryan is two for nine for 19 yards. Oh, he's so bad. These types of Matt Ryan games is what will keep Tim from making a run. Oh, sorry. Two, two for nine, 19 yards, and one pick. Ah, uh, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't control himself. Had to, had to throw a pick. One for four, 10 yards for Pittman. Two for three, 22 yards for Emrith. Oh, man. Four points. Okay, trades. What do we got? We started off today, November 28th, 2022, 18th season of the big show trade deadline with a monster trade that I did not see coming. I don't know if anybody else saw it, but it definitely caught me off guard and I loved it because it set the tone for today. It was between Chris and Pat. Chris gave up Cooper Cup and his first round pick this year for Tyreek, a fourth-round pick this year, and a future seventh. Thoughts? What do you guys think? I think it's a great win-now move. It's like, yeah, Cooper's out. So, yeah, go go get Tyreek. It's like uh, Tyreek puts up numbers. And, you know, in terms of long-term, I mean, Tyreek Hill is a beast, and that Miami's Miami offense looks like incredible so mm-hmm. it's not even that much of a down downgrade you know in the future and who knows what cooper cup is going to be coming back uh, who knows anything about this this rams team is just shambles it's it's funny it's like every, every single day i check and it's like oh another player is, is out for a season it's yeah. just it's just terrible so i like i like to trade a lot for chris um and i think it is an incredible move that he had to make to make a to make a legit run agreed and i think um this was talked about in the chat like it had a ripple effect no doubt like i looked at that trade and i was like wow okay chris just got fucking tyreek mm. great great i was what am i, I supposed was, to do now <laughs> I, was, I was feeling good about sneaking into playoffs and maybe like getting lucky and you know, making a run, but yeah, after seeing that Tyreek trade, it's like, well, fuck, it's like, all right, I guess I, I guess I should just like check out now, yeah, honestly. And I mean, all the power to Chris for sacking up and making his first big boy trade in the history of the big show. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it set the tone, and look, it the next trade was a very weird trade that probably eliminated the tone that was set uh because the well, what do you think about pat picking up cooper cup is that the right is that the right move i think i think it, it is just because picking picking up the draft pick with it yeah you, know, you want you got second round pick with first it? you got first. first you got, oh, first. You got first yeah yeah it's like i, I think i think It'll... it's worth it because pat needs picks pat, pat needs like Patty needs as many picks as he can, so he can just like throw darts, throw 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 all the darts out, and and hope that he, he hits. Yeah, I think to your point, I just think about it this way, right? Would he have been able to get a better player and a first round pick? No, no, absolutely not. No. Like Cooper Cup being hurt means nothing for Brent for uh, Pat this year because Pat's out of it. So, and it's not like. Cooper Cup's going to have a different quarterback next year. 
And he's still going to have Stafford. He's still going to have McVay. They're going to want to be like, oh, comeback season. We don't need draft picks. We're the Super Bowl. And like Cooper Cup's going to be Cooper Cup. Um, that being said, he did suffer an ACL injury three years ago or whatever it was. And now he's got a bad ankle injury. He's 30 or he's going to be 30 for next year. Historically, wide receivers don't do well at that point. But fuck. Pat's got an interesting team. You know, he's got Olave, who's still there. He's going to have the two first-round picks. I mean, who the hell knows what's going to happen with J.K. Dobbins. But, um, you know, Pat's got some options. Now, I don't think he would have been able to get a better player and the same type of pick. So, do yeah, I? Because that means he's got his two firsts, a second and a third, which I think, to your point earlier, Brennan, like, that's good volume, right? And yeah. then he's got Mooney, Olave. Kittle and Cooper Cup yeah. going into it, obviously trying to get, you know, a, a running back in the first round and hope for the best. So no, I I think it was the, the right deal all, all in all. Um Chris had all the picks. You got them all. What are you gonna do with them all? Yeah. Your guy wouldn't know. Yeah. Um so I think we all agree it's a pretty good trade. Yeah. Like Chris balling out now. Gets Tyreek with all his other fucking studs and Pascal Cooper Cup in the first. Like, that's a good trade. That was a good trade. What about uh, the next? The next one was Pat again. Very busy day today. He must have had a long lunch break between the hours of 11 30 and 12 30. Um, and Labar. Labar sent his 2023 seventh round pick for 79 Fab dollars. Um, I no, this isn't a rule, but at the time I was like, oh my God, does fab money transfer over from year to year? Like, why would that happen? No, Pat would never do that. That would make no sense. Like, it was just a weird trade because there's also nobody on the waiver wire that's like. Well, that's worth... what I'm wondering. What the fuck is Lamar doing? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's He's got no picks to begin with. What are you doing, man? I know. He... He's doing what he has been saying he was going to do all year, which is make trades to make a run and either be the first team to lose or not make playoffs <laughs> despite all of his attempts. And to, to put it yeah. this way, his fourth pick next year, he traded for 79 fat dollars. <laughs> That's really bad to think about it like that. Holy shit. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyways. Maybe he wants Deshaun Watson. Sorry. Does, does Max have Deshaun? I remember Max used to pick Deshaun up like every single oh, week. Oh, he's on the waiver. He's on the waiver I wire. I know this move. I know this move. I, it's it's not a hundred fab, but seventy nine. I, I think seventy nine can, can can get him Deshaun. <laughs> can get him Deshaun. <laughs> I think so. It's gonna be close, but I think seventy nine will will cut it. Still $21 less than what was paid for another quarterback this year. Just oh, incredible. But Labar wasn't done. He wasn't done trading away his picks. He traded a fifth-round pick in the upcoming draft for Latavius Murray. And that trade was a huge bummer because Andy's been so obnoxious about Latavius. So I was like, <laughs> I've made a couple offers where I'm like getting an obscene amount of picks in Latavius Murray, but it's really all about the picks and it's obnoxious. Like, can someone please not? Like, I almost sent it. Please, no one trade for Latavius Murray because of the half hour 
notifications of Latavius Murray on the trade block, you know, but it's, it's just what Andy's been doing all year. He's been picking up get, scrubs and getting value for him. And I, I, I got to respect him for it. Cause I literally, he'll pick someone up and right away put put, put him on, on the trade block. Yeah. Instant. Oh. And, and people buy, people buy. So it's like, Hey, he's going to have to, he's going to go through a big adjustment once, uh, his, baby boy logan comes into the world and he's starting to say things like i'm probably not going to be able to just refresh twitter every three seconds all sunday long you know like no man you're probably not going to be able to put your players on the trade block every 10 minutes either because you're going to have a baby pooping shit and crying screaming <laughs> laughing whatever else 24 7 uh but anyways so that trade led to me to make a trade with Ryan Fournier. I gave up Ken Walker. I got AJ Dillon, Traylon Burks, Christian Watson, Max's first round pick, a second round pick, and a fourth round pick next year. Um, Fournier, I've been talking quite a bit about Jalen Waddle, Ken Walker type of deal, but I didn't want to do it because I didn't feel comfortable or confident in just the Jalen Waddle for Walker thing. I didn't think it made a difference for my team in any direction. Um, so I wanted picks and another player, but he wouldn't do it. And that's cool. So instead I decided to get three guys on a poo-poo platter and picks to kind of help my future because Chris's trade kind of just, mm. I needed to do something and there really aren't that many people to trade with. And if I wanted to get draft picks, it was going to come from Andy or Fournier. So well, it's just Andy has three firsts. What the fuck? Yeah, the the first were just have just been hoarded. Like Fournier has, I think Fournier has two or had two. Yeah, Fournier had two. Andy had three. Phil had two. Right there, that's half the the first round and three guys. Kareem has two. That's nine picks and four between four guys. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing because it's like whenever I if like if I when I was thinking about like selling off my team for picks, it's like. I, whenever I look at a team, it's like, oh, they have no picks like me. Yeah, I don't have any, I, I didn't have any picks. It's like, I honestly have no idea where all the picks are. And, and it's totally right. It's what you said. It's just just a couple people have all the picks. And like that, I, I don't really, I kind of want to transition in this, but I don't want to jump off the trade because I want you guys to give your input too. But I just think it happens when like people weren't supposed to be tanking right? We're giving up in the year because there's a lottery now, but because there's a lottery, people have been giving up and they're like, well, I have a chance at Bijan or I have a chance at this guy first overall because there's a lottery and I have these chances. And like people just gave up so fucking quick. And like Kareem was kind of forced to because he traded his entire family for Javante Williams, then Javante towards ACL. And then he had absolutely nothing. To, so to, like, to Kareem's point though, he doesn't, Kareem doesn't even have his own first. So, no. so that's the funny part of, of his the whole tank thing. It's, yeah, it's it, the sad part for sure. And neither does Fournier. Andy does. Give him credit for that. Pat doesn't. You know, like Pat. But, but, well, so look, I'll come back to that because I've been in that that spot and it just absolutely sucks. So from a trade perspective, you know, I think Watson can be pretty good. I think you put it best as far as it's a poo-poo bladder. Yeah. But you got one of those firsts. So they were tough to come by and you got one. You got another second. 
And so it's like, yeah, you needed the picks. You got them. You had a, a big time running back, but it's Seattle and it's usually running back by committee. And some of Walker's value right now is because he's the guy, yeah. but it's Seattle. They're going to go out and get another running back in the off season. So you're playing for the future. I think it's an okay deal. I think even still Ryan's playing on the future with Walker. We'll see what it does. You know, he's hoping that he can get a running back. So that way he can just go wide receivers probably with all his first round picks and hopefully hits. But yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't blame it. I think it makes sense. And I think you got good value. I think if you were able to get Tyreek Hill and that three teamer that you were talking about with George Kittle, that probably would have been better. But I mean, Watson has been off the charts the last two weeks and Traylon Burks is no longer the fat Burks, you know, now that he actually has a quarterback thrown to him. And he he looks good. I think think this is such a James trade. Yeah. All three of these guys are James guys. I I know we always talk about like such a a LeBar guy. All three of these guys are such James guys. Like AJ Dillon. I feel like you've had AJ Dillon before. I have. Exactly. (laughs) Christian yes. Watson. I feel like you've had Christian Watson. I drafted Christian Watson. <laughs> exactly. And go, on, Tra- go on to the next guy. Who's the other guy? And Traylon Burke, Burks. I don't know. I if drafted him. him. I, but yeah, I it's did. like I feel like you did. So it's like such such. Bring, players players. Back. bring him back, baby. Bring him back. Why did you I'm, lead I'm, with that? That's ridiculous. I missed you. <laughs> I didn't put it together. Forgot. <laughs> I feel like I haven't been totally wrong about holding on to every single guy I draft because in the end, you just end up trading for your own guys again. They're like, they're like kids, man. They leave, but they always come back home. They're <laughs> well, my kids. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I think... Um, I'm probably going to limp into the playoffs and whoever doesn't get the buy is going to pick me and I'm probably going to lose, but anything can happen in the playoffs. And that's why the next trade that was made was made 20 minutes ago while recording this pod between Andy and myself, where he accepted my counter of a 2025 sixth round pick for Elijah Moore. And now I have the problem of, too many wideouts. You got a shit ton of wideouts. I have three players over the roster limit, so I'm going to have to make some decisions. How much time is left in this game? Can we make any trades? <laughs> well, so let's go back before we make a trade with each other here. Um, thinking about being a shit team, like even even when you draft, you're like, okay, well, maybe this guy's good, maybe that guy's good, and then you like barely break a hundred for two straight weeks. And you realize, you look at the schedule and you're like, <laughs> oh, fuck, I got to blow up my team and hope this works, which like sometimes it does. But that means you have to constantly be trading because as you said earlier in a pod, volume with trades is the only way to kind of make even in the sense that like, yeah, you're going to make some shit trades. Yeah, you're going to make some good trades. Who the fuck knows what it's going to be? But if you do enough of them, hopefully you've got more good than bad. Right. And you're playing sort of uh, daily fantasy football of like, hopefully it's a, a good week instead of a bad week for these players that are going to turn around and trade. I get that. 
sometimes like in the, the people that we got as far as the list i think they're willing to do that but you end up with like well who am i going to get you look at who you're going to keep and you're like you're pretty set with these four guys three guys two guys whatever it is and you figure in the off season, I'm going to be able to get someone super cheap. So why go get the guy now while they're playing when someone else wants to throw it in, when Chris is going to have fucking seven guys and be like, sure, I'll take a fifth for someone awesome because I'm not going to keep them. And who cares? I did something for him. I don't know. Yeah. Right. So you just hold on to it and you don't go anywhere. And then your team fucking sucks. And then even to Kareem's point of like, oh, you started a guy who was out. It's like, well, yeah, shit, my team fucking sucks. Like yeah. I'm throwing money on the waiver <laughs> wire and I've got zero fab. So I'm just hoping I get guys. And yeah, ooh, I forgot to put a guy in and I would have almost got 103 instead of 102. Like, <laughs> oh, shit. Like, Draft picks have been taken. Yeah. And you're like, well, what the fuck, man? So, I mean, I, I feel for it. I feel for, you know, Pat and Kareem. Andy, I think, embraced it this year from the beginning. You know, he tries to make his point that he was making deals and stuff like that. But I feel like that's just his, you know, addiction to fantasy football to want to do stuff. But I mean, beyond that, with 14 teams, the bell curve, you're going to have two that are great and two that are fucking horrible. So, I mean, if you really want to prevent people from tanking and things like that, make a lottery for the draft pick and make a lottery for a punishment. So yeah. it's like, yeah, you got the the likelihood of getting the first overall, but you also get the likelihood of having to eat 120 hot dogs or something fucking <laughs> stupid. I don't know, you know? <laughs> I almost threw up just thinking about that. Mm. It literally turned the last <laughs> person who ate it vegan. He literally just was like, fuck this. Never again. Never again. <laughs> if, if we do a punishment lottery like that, if you trade, if like Kareem, so Kareem's one of the worst teams, but someone else owns his first round pick does that other person get entered into the punishment lottery because it's kareem's lottery pick oh. great question great question oh see now you're thinking now you're thinking well shouldn't it just be based off your record no because he's saying so like if, if you're in the if kareem's in the lottery yeah and he's two and nine do both of them go into the lottery So like if, if like Staz has Kareem's first round pick, even though Staz is a top team, he risks he risks the, the punishment by by having Kareem's first. And you can play with the odds in in the, the races. So I mean, you can just change it to be reverse odds. It's more likely that it's Kareem than it is you know whoever owns his his pick. But yeah, yeah, like those are the things that I think we need to actually look at and and make a punishment and if it, and then hold accountability too of like look if you don't do the punishment before the draft either you can't draft until you do it or you know you lose your second overall pick if that happens to be a first rounder it happens to be a first rounder if it's a fifth rounder well then it happens to be a fifth rounder because we we've also had some issues in my other league of like people not doing the punishments even though they're pretty simple like one of them was like shave your armpits and it's like well, okay well that's silly but like yeah I mean, right like whatever i was about to be like i'm already shaved no. if if you don't do the punishment you get banned for, from the hot tub no no hot tub at, at the draft Ooh, that's a good punishment max and Fournier will cry <laughs> there's a few people that don't go <laughs> to the draft 
<laughs> it's true. That's true. Phil will be like, yeah, no, I'm definitely not going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what we've got to talk about a last place punishment. I know people don't really care about this, but I think the ability to draft rookies or not rookies, uh, college players is cool. Uh, I know Andy has been a big hater on that idea, but he's he was texting me over the weekend saying he's been thinking about it and he's starting to try and figure out a way for it to work um, or sound cooler in his mind. Um, and like, get rid of tanking. Yeah, and I mean, like I think his idea was you can draft a college player, but it has to come has to be your first round pick. Um, yeah, but it's, but here's I, the thing, right? It, it then you're either paying off the rich where like Chris had two picks and he's like, well, fuck it. I'll take Bijan and I'll take, you know, another first round pick. And he's stashing the best. Yeah. The problem is like in college, it's like, it can change so quick. It's one injury and you turn into Bryce love who was like a Heisman candidate on Stanford. And then the next year he was, I don't even know if he was drafted or if he was drafted in the seventh round by the, at the time Redskins now commanders. And he's not even in the league. He never even did anything. Right. And it's like Darius Geis. He's another guy from commanders oh. who just, he was really good in college and then pff, shit the bed. And then even Chuba Hubbard, when he was in Oak state, his, his second to last year, if he was draft eligible, he would have gone in the first round in the NFL. And then he just wasn't good and he fell off in the Panthers draft. And he hasn't like, so there is risk with it. It's like, was, was there going to be a reward with drafting Jonathan Taylor early? Yes. Najee Harris. Yes. Like there are so many that win, but there are also so many that lose. And I, so I, there's a risk in there because there's so much time between then and when they come into the league and you lose a first round pick. I don't know how it works, how it would work exactly, but I think it just makes it cool and it feeds feeds our addiction or my addiction. Because now, like, would 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 you then have to keep? What would, would that player have to count as one of your keepers going into the following year? Because you know you would have to hold on to him for his whole college year, and then would you have to keep him so he would be one of your four keepers? Because because then it's like it's like I I, I think I think that's. I'm cool. And a roster spot. That's a big Don't give an extra bench spot. That's yeah. a big investment into into a college player to have to hold on to him for a year and keep him. Yeah. Just when you never know what's gonna happen. It's like, yeah, it's like look at ETN. It's like it's like ETN got hurt and then he was at the whole season. It's like if you had wasted a first round pick, you know, when he was in college. It's like three years. Yeah, it's like that was that was and and then and then you had to keep him. It's like, yo, yeah, terrible. And and we were just talking about like right running running back busts, like like rookie running back busts. So it's like, yeah. I like it. I don't I don't think I I think I like the idea. It's it's exciting. And I think I don't think that many people would actually take advantage of it because there's just so much risk. Yeah. I mean, I think. Andy would 1000% draft Marvin Harrison Jr. this year and keep him because he historically or he's trending in a way where he likes to hold that fourth keeper spot for a complete shot in the dark. Elijah Moore last year, he's probably going to keep Jameson Williams, who might come back in a couple weeks and might be okay. Who, who knows? Um, and 
whatever. So like I, people will do it, but you have to make them pay and first round pick and you got to keep them, I think is a good way to do it. I, I would rather, and you're going to get way too excited about this Jim. Yes. I would rather have a defensive player without changing bench spots. So same bench spots, but you have to start a defensive player than allow drafting rookies. Because I think it only, I think it'll punish people more mm-hmm. than it will help people, whether they're trying to or not. And I think that's when you start getting decay in the league of like, it's not good to have people suck for a long time. It's yeah. just not. Yeah. Just like it's not good to have people be awesome for a long time. So you got to try to make it hard against the good teams and really easy for the, the shitty teams. For the shitty teams. So, yeah. I, I'd change my stance because I, I need to turn this into a negotiation here. I'm for it if we remove kickers. No, dude, the league already <laughs> voted. The league already voted. Uh, I do I do want to actually think the third one I was going to say was we should talk about defensive players because, like, the game, watching the game would be so much fun. You get points for, like, every time Aaron Donald throws a quarterback down or Miles Garrett gets a sack, if there's a strip sack by your dude or, like, Sauce Gardner, it's the coolest fucking name in the league. Man, just oh, I got sauce. You're gonna get sauce this week. I don't know. Like, honestly, it would just be the same if Sauce played wide receiver. But uh, I do think defensive players getting incorporated in it is really cool. But it's another another discussion. Yeah. You hear that? No. Oh, never mind. Just rip a fart. Yeah, no, man. I didn't hear that. No, just Florida creatures making noises right outside my lanai. It's scaring the crap out of me. Um, anyways. So we did the trade recap from today. Who else has one trade left in them? We're at halftime in Monday night football. Do we think there's another move? I don't think so. No? too bad i mean honestly if, if anyone knows if, if there's another trade in the works it would be, it would be you it's like you're you're always always in, in the midst of every single trade so i do um i would have liked to make another trade today but it is 10 o'clock i think we're probably one of the six people in the league who are awake and it's just not going to happen I'm going to have to drop a couple guys and that's cool. And I think it's hilarious that I have Elijah Moore. It's still a reality that's setting in. Um, But anyways, we do have, I have some info on a trade that is being discussed between two people who are not on the big show podcast right now. Um, It involves a team who's not in the playoffs, especially after, tonight's performance and a team who is the clear-cut favorite in Mike's Decidus. So Mike is trying to make a splash and I, I got permission from one of the trade partners here to talk about it. So apologies to Mike if you don't want this talked about, just uh, stop listening. Um, <laughs> it's a DeAndre Swift in a million picks for Saquon. What what constitutes a million picks? I don't know, but Max said he doesn't have a better offer on the table for Saquon. 
And one thing Max has to make a decision on is what is he going to do with his team? He's got two aging running backs as his keeper. Oh, no, one aging running back in Saquon. And then Jonathan Taylor, who's had a very disappointing season. And then no one else. So is he going to ride those guys out? Or is he going to make this move for a high-risk, high-reward guy in DeAndre Swift and a bunch of picks, whatever that picks package is? If I were Max, I would do it. Yeah. Because I I think Saquon, he was on fire. But I think the last two games, he's only gotten like 40 yards rushing. Like he's he hasn't really done much the the last two games. So I I think that like wear and tear or or that like, you know, season-long grind is starting to hit him again. And like the conditioning is a factor. And maybe teams are figuring him out again or something. But last two games, he's, he's been very average. He has been. I do think part of that is teams just saying we're going to shut down Saquon and we're going to make Daniel Jones beat us through the air because who the hell is is Daniel Jones throwing the ball to? Richie James, is that the guy's name? Uh, Wendell Robinson's out for the year. Darius Slayton. Slayton. I don't even know who their tight ends are. Um They've got Matt Breida as a backup. Like it's literally just Saquon and Daniel Jones running the ball. That's that's the Giants' offense. So to your point, that works against Saquon. That makes him less valuable. So um, he's a great name, but I do think if Stasitis gets Saquon, it's dumb. His team will be by name and by performance one of the best teams we've ever seen. Is that I, I forget Swift is is Swift's out for the season? No, he's been he hasn't been on the injury report for the last three games. Oh, he uh, but he's not getting touches. Like he had his he had, was involved the most last week on Thanksgiving. He had five carries and four receptions. Yeah. He did have eight targets, which is cool. Um, but he's yeah. just getting out snapped by Jamal Williams and the other guy. I don't even remember his name. Uh, who I remember he went to Northwestern. Dustin Jackson, I think it is. Um, Josh Browns? No, it's been uh, the Jackson the guy, guy for two weeks, yeah. The So uh, Jamal Williams got 18 carries, to put that in perspective as well, which it's pretty clear he had no targets. So Williams is their kind of their first bull. down, second down back, and Swift has filled in that third down pass-catching role within that offense. Yeah. Um, I don't think Max should do it, but I don't think if he does it, it's the end of the world. Yeah. He's got no one. I don't think you keep Swift. I think he's got to keep Swift if he does the deal. Well, if he does the deal, he has to, but I don't think Swift is worth keeping, I guess is my point. And he needs picks. The guy's got nothing in 2024 in front of a sixth round, which we've just talked about. There's fucking nothing Nothing, in the sixth or fucking whatever. So, I mean, he needs it. He's got nothing this year. And I think, you know, I think Saquon's going to be the real deal for a long time. Long time, probably being like two, three years. So if he thinks that he can do something with that, I think you hold on to him and you wait for it until later, but depends on what a shitload of picks is. Yeah, no. Who knows what that really means? Mike doesn't have a first this year. 
he's got one pick in the first six round, like each in the first six rounds. So it's a second, a third, a fourth. You know, what's he offering? A second and a third and a first next year and a second net, you know, like if that's what it is, maybe, you know, but who knows what it really is. Um I do think Mike's probably one of the guys who is asleep right now. Um, so I I don't think it's gonna happen. Although it would have been easy to understand why Max would do it. Um, so yeah, I think, I think we've had a, not just a, like a good trade deadline because there were some trades, there was some activity, but like all year, I feel like it's been trades like crazy and it's been entertaining. It's been fun. Um, it's been a little confusing at times, but I think with the amount of teams giving up, there was kind of like different teams had their trade deadlines at different points in the year, Yeah, you know? And like Andy's made a bunch of trades in the last couple of weeks, but none of them have been meaningful, you know, like none of them. Ever since he traded uh, T Higgins to Tim, he's just been picking up guys off waivers and being like, Oh, Devin Duvernay to Labar, Latavius Murray for Labar, you know, like, um, yeah, he's so, been selling and he didn't want to buy, with his picks, he's he's all yeah. future. He had his four keepers and was like, "Yep." Nah. Like Kareem doesn't have any good assets to make a trade with. He just has picks and stuff and guys who are hurt. Yeah, so like he's been out of the mix for a while. Um, you know, Brendan historically just not a guy who makes trades. So it's not someone that I look at. And I'm like, oh yeah, I can figure out a deal. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm supposed to offer him. I don't know what he's gonna want. I don't even know if I'm going to want to do it. Like, I want to talk about Keenan Allen, but I don't even know what I want to give up for him. I don't even know <laughs> if you want to give him up, you know? So uh, it's there's just so many different teams that have either been, like, in the run for the ship, Chris and Mike, from the beginning, or out of the running and Pat and Kareem and Andy and Fournier who decided to all kind of throw in the towel pretty early. So and it's, it's been an interesting year. I got I got one question for the both of you. Yeah. Let's who's go. your favorite and who's your <laughs> sleeper to win it all? I'd say favorite. I I I gotta go Staz. I, I think this is this is the year of Staz, you know, with you know the wedding coming up and, and everything. Or sorry, the, the the wedding that happened. Yeah. Like I, I feel like this was always meant to be his year. So I, I think Staz is definitely my favorite. I think Sleeper, off the top of my head, I got to go Tim. Yeah. I think um, I have been on Chris's side all year as a defending champion. I didn't want to take him out of the first in the power rankings because he hadn't lost. Now Mike and him have the same record, and Mike demolished him on the head-to-head. Um I just, I don't know. I think there's something about Chris's team that I'm, especially now that he has Tyreek. I, if, if who's the favorite, I think Mike. Do I think between Mike and Chris, oh, who's no, going to no, win? No. Who, like, who do you think is going to win? And who do yeah. you think is the sleeper? That's, that's quite, yeah. I, then it's Chris. It's Chris, I think, is going to win. And I would, I was leaning towards Tim as a sleeper. Uh, I think there's, two potential sleepers and I'm going to say Jimbo, I think you're the other sleeper because Josh Jacobs is 
when why would he stop doing what he's doing he's oh he's gonna right. blow blow himself out i i think uh you know someone I, I think it was Andy that told me he's a free agent next year and the raiders they're just gonna run him into the ground and i think he will get injured so my my sleeper is actually listy yeah i think you know he's fallen out of favor as far as the topic of discussion because he's had a few you know like 150 point weeks which is absolutely ridiculous hmm. um i've started to catch up with him in points but I think the clear winner, I think, is Staz as well. And, and I say this with a, a heavy heart just to make fun of Chris because I'm on a kick today in two parts of Chris will win most points. But if I remember correctly, nobody has won most points in the league. So we're going to need to fact check that. Yeah, let's let's get the fact check <laughs> on that one. We'll wake up Andy at 4 a.m. and get him to check that out. But yeah, I'm Andy pretty sure that. that most points is uh is a curse and i think chris will get most points i think staz will win the league there you go i like it i like it well i think that's a good spot for us and we've been running pretty long here it's been really fun pod um thank you guys thank you all listeners all seven of you we love you we're going to be selling merchandise on the website coming uh this march and april maybe maybe not we'll see (laughs) um commitment. <laughs> maybe, maybe not i'm say probably because i'm gonna try and not do a trade in the middle of the off season when absolutely nothing's happening so i'm just gonna invest that energy into uh maybe like a website and actually building a social media outlet for this podcast because i do want to keep doing this podcast for a long time and i do want to get it out there to more people as we keep doing it because it's pretty awesome you need to get a press pass to the Miami Dolphins games now that you're in the media, James. I yeah. agree. Um, it's funny you say that. I think I told, I think I said this to you. I was texting one of the members over at the Key Biscayne Yacht Club, who's a huge Dolphins fan, and I told him, I want to get Mike McDaniel on the podcast. And yeah. he was like, he was like, you have a podcast? I was like, yeah, we do it for our fantasy football league. And like, Four people listen to it. It's amazing. And like, it's the perfect thing for Coach Mike McDaniel to come on and do because why the fuck would he ever do that? Because that's something Mike McDaniel would do. But anyway, goals yes. reach for the stars, settle for the moon. <laughs> All right, man. Been fun. Good seeing you, Brendan. It's been fun. Yeah, it's good, seeing you. good seeing you guys. Have a good night. <laughs>